The reason everyone needs so much toilet paper is because when one person sneezes, a hundred others shit themselves. Hello and welcome to the Toy Talks podcast. My name is Toya Washington. Thank you so much for clicking and joining me. I want to thank everybody for all their messages, all their retweets of the podcast. Thank you for sharing the podcast. I really wanted to, to, to reiterate how much I appreciate how we are sharing and allowing others to learn and grow. Knowledge, it shouldn't be selfish, it should be shared, especially, I believe, with black women. We share. We need to share more because we don't do enough of it. And when we share, what we're doing is ensuring that others are equally as informed so that when you're walking into the workplace, when you're making workplace decisions, everybody is learning and understanding from the same hymn sheet if that makes sense. Listen, (laughs) we are in the midst of coronavirus. I've never seen anything like it. And in our generation, to be able to witness what is actually happening is one of those things you tell your grandchildren about. It's a sad fact. It's a sad fact that we have entered, we have entered a climate whereby coronavirus, as the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom have said, people will die. It's, it's a fact. But what is really scary is that we've got people in the workplace who would like us to <laughs> clap for them because after 20 years, they are learning how to wash their hand. Their hands. They're washing their hands after using the toilet. They've learnt it today. And then when they're talking about Africa, they will tell you how dirty, smelly, everything. But we don't have as many cases as they have in Europe. In fact, as of today's date, they have more um, cases of coronavirus in the UK than they do in Africa. And the, those cases they have in Africa is because people from outside of Africa, because if I say the word foreigner now, they, people will start to go, uh, arguing with me, have gone into our Africa. Things are so bad now that I have seen that they're offering to pay between three and a half thousand to five thousand pounds for people to be infected with this so that they can help our scientists to find an antidote. So what I'm thinking, my conspiracy theory, is that there are people from outside of Africa that are going to Africa because for them, they're perplexed as to why Africans in Africa have not got more cases. So they want to go and infect them and maybe even give them less less money than they've advertised just to find an antidote. We are not an experiment. You are not going to experiment on us. How about that? I think also what I am a bit taken aback about is there are pictures that are coming out of um, different countries of, you know, people on hospital beds and things like that. But in the UK, we haven't seen anything like that. We haven't seen anybody, any picture, anything. Not like I want to, please. Let me, let me, my, my, my anxiety levels are on a thousand because, you know, I'm an, I have OCD. Um, if you follow me on Snapchat, you would know this. I've been stockpiling. Stockpiling is a way of life. I think when you come from a background where you haven't had everything or anything and you had, you know, the little you have, you have to hold on to it. Then my, my mom, I, I, you know, growing up, she would stockpile on everything. It was just a way of life. So I've always gone to Costco and bought, um, big packs of toilet roll and, and fairy liquid and whatnot. So all I'm doing now is just topping off. So yes, I did find myself in Costco today. And if you saw the pictures on my Instagram, it was not a joke, okay? People were having trolleys rammed on their ankles, eh? People were screaming. People were running. 
I mean, I go to Costco so much. I know where everything is. So I knew exactly where I was going. And I thank God for the angel that um, I met when I was there. Uh, a man, he, he'd come off his late shift and he needed to get a few things from Costco. He didn't have a trolley. So I said, you know what? Let's share a trolley. You be the muscle. I'll do the navigation. And literally worked together as a team, got everything we wanted and came out of Costco. I got to Costco about what? Uh, 20 past nine it didn't open till 10 o'clock and the queue i've never seen anything like that i mean they said in costco that even christmas has never been so busy um i've also seen on social media the criticism people stockpiling what what are people supposed to do however i will say that for all of those people stockpiling toilet rolls have you ever given a thought about sanitary towels (laughs) but listen what coronavirus is highlighting from a work perspective is number one, these um, workplaces that don't trust their employees to be working from home. Well, you don't have choice now. You have to exercise that you're working from home policy by, by fire, by force. And it's forcing people to actually recognize that not all meetings need to happen face to face. There's something called web chat. There's something called Skype or whatever it is that they use to instantaneously talk to each other. Like this need for to have face-to-face meetings. Listen, do you know in one company, eh, if somebody needs to ask you a question, they will put a meeting in your diary. And they'll even be disrespectful, put their meeting at nine o'clock. Is everything all right back home? By far, one of the craziest things I've heard was a young lady got in contact with me um, on my Snapchat. If you're not following me on Snapchat, it's Toy Washington, all one word. And she said to me, Toya, I need a bit of your of, of advice. I says, okay, shoot, what is it? She said that how when she went into the office, long story short, um, the managers all had a meeting about the coronavirus. And that was at the very early stages, you know, when they were drip feeding us information about the coronavirus. And basically, um, after the meeting, the managers didn't say anything to anybody. And then the managers all disappeared. And basically made, you know, they were working from home. While the rest of the staff, the more junior members of staff, were still on ground. Then she was saying to me, you know, she doesn't understand. Like, she thought that the workplace would, you know, keep everybody informed and, you know, make everybody a priority. The girl was talking, talking. I said, excuse me, hello, hi, hello, hi. At the point in which the managers are working from home and they're leaving the donkeys in the office to do their job, because let's really be honest it's the junior people that are actually doing the job the managers are managing people to do the job so they're leaving you guys in the office so they don't care about you lots like because what they're basically saying is they don't care they didn't communicate the outcome of that meeting they didn't give you any summary they haven't given you no update about how they choose or what their thought process is in relation to um, responding to coronavirus they just went home so what they're basically saying is they don't care about two people so you guys now have to start caring about yourself because if it was me well, I'm even coming to my own uh, thing in a minute. I said, if it was me, I would send an email and basically put them on blast and say, it has come to my attention that senior management are working from home as a response to the coronavirus. However, the junior members of staff are still in the office. There's been no communication, no update. Can you please, um, with human resources on copy, advise us about what the junior members of staff are, uh, uh, should do and why we should be at work? Whilst all the um, senior members of staff are at home as a response to the coronavirus, I feel very vulnerable. I'm also very anxious and uncomfortable at the prospect that an organisation as big as this would allow junior members of staff to be walking blind. All right, there, Sendits. And I told her, start taking your life in your hand and stop allowing these managers 
to be responsible for your life. They're now responsible for your progress. They're responsible for everything. What are you responsible for? It leads me to my own thing. So my contract is ending in a couple of weeks, which I'm quite happy about. In any case, they've been moving mad in relation to this coronavirus. So I made a decision. I said, since they want to move mad, me, I move madder. One of the um, senior people there, I said to them, I'll be working from home. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I work from home every Monday. But I'll be working from home because I feel like I'm compromising my life every time I get on public transport because always somebody's sniffing, always someone coughing. And when I come into the office, we have one antagonist here. Cor uh, chronic cougher, Karen. And I can't handle it. And I don't know whether it's the smoke. I don't know whether it's corona. I don't know if she's a super head, super spreader, whatever they call her, I don't know. And I feel as though I need to take my life in my hands because you guys are not taking the lives of your staff seriously. Within 45 minutes, they had one meeting. Because obviously when I'm telling him this, I'm just saying it verbally, I'm not putting it in writing because me, I'm a contractor. If I was perm, I would have put it in writing. Within 45 minutes, uh, Toya, uh, sorry, can we have a chat? Um, so we are going to do, um, we're going to split the workplace and what's going to happen here is we're going to split into two teams, A and B team. And A team will be two weeks off and B team two weeks on. And then we rotate. In my head, I was looking at here. In my head, I was thinking, ah, this man is a big fool. Because I know I'm the team that is off as a now is the team I'm on. Is it if anybody's got any underlying um uh cough or uh illnesses, then obviously they have to take priority and go to team A. I say, Yeah, I'm team A. He said, Oh, you're team A. I say, Yeah, because I had a chest infection some weeks back. So I have to be TA and I have sickle cell trait and low iron. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely team A. Yes, I will put myself in the team in which I believe that the response is immediate. What kind of rubbish is this? My dear, I'm working from home. By the time it's time to go back, it's my last week there. So I'm even happy. In fact, if care is not taken and London is on lockdown, I'll be off for the other three weeks. What's, what's this thing? Working from home, yes. Listen, for a lot of these organizations, I get it that this pandemic, because that's what it is, um, is really, really shaking the fabric of our society and how we respond to such crisis. But it's in a crisis that you see what your company is made of. It's in a crisis that you see. If you're still going to the office, they haven't communicated. They're just saying, oh, we are waiting to see how the government responds. Your workplace don't care about you at all if your managers are working from home you're still going to the office and they're still sending updates but they're telling everybody to calm down while they're coming down in that their house then they don't care about you it comes a point whereby you have to put your foot down and put your health first you know one of my friends she's told me that she has developed a cough and she's developed her, uh, her uh, cold feet and it's an onset of something that she doesn't know yes she said it i was laughing but there's a reality here that we expect humanity from workplaces and managers and in fact they're not humans themselves they're not at human they almost dehumanize junior members of staff and they justify it by having to keep work going and business as usual but how can business be usual when the infrastructure in which you're working in is responding to this virus in such a way now where other countries are on lockdown and i genuinely believe it's only a matter of time before london goes on lockdown and if london doesn't go on lockdown me i will do social distancing and lock myself down in my house okay because i'm not going to allow 
anybody to compromise my health because if i die tomorrow they'll just find somebody else to replace me you die tomorrow they'll find listen they'll keep they'll mourn you maybe one week yeah and then they will advertise your role again so better understand that there comes a point where you have to find a compromise between yes being an employee if that's what you are compromising on business as usual and then also putting your health first you know they say oh you can't work yourself to the bone um health is wealth and all of that i think it's a myth for a lot of these managers they will tell you oh they take your health first but it's in situations like this you see how workplaces see their employees sign on how companies react to crisis is fire drills you know they're legally obligated to do certain fire drills um a year you know where i'm walking eh they did one fire drill the fire escape door they were struggling with for 10 minutes actually they managed to get the fire doors to open huh. when we managed to then evacuate the building tell me why they couldn't find a manifesto of all the staff that were inside they then said it's the responsibility of the fire warden and each team to locate the staff members maybe that's the way to do it but 10 minutes to get the fire door open and now we have corona you know, there's a lady in my workplace called Karen and I have um, planned to record an episode on um, the Toy Talks podcast about her. If you follow me on Instagram or Snapchat, then you guys know exactly who Karen is. She is the most... She's 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 a... I, there's so many words I can use to describe her, but Karen is the one of those people... She has tried to do everything to provoke me. You know you have workplaces like that. She has her nose is the tip of her nose is brown because it's always up one somebody's bum. And it's usually the manager's ass. She puts her nose up their butts. Yeah? She's the type of person that she will draw for you each and every time. She is a busybody and the office smoker, 40 packs a day. She proudly announces that's what she smokes. This woman has been coughing up and down, up and down, up and down. And when it was announced that they're gonna do team a and b she said well i'm quite happy to come in at the end of the day people get colds and flus all the time this is just another one of those things and just blowing it out of proportion really karen so when you had a 10 minute coughing fit was that out of proportion she has forcibly been put in team a she's off for two weeks <laughs> but i i give you the ultimate story so i was working from home on a monday and um we were having a conference call and a lady and we'll call her elaine was on this conference call and Elaine had said that she had met with a couple of Italian delegates and um, after their meeting she was then informed that they were put into quarantine with one of them suspected coronavirus. So she was on the call saying this and then Elaine says well I've just popped back, I've just popped back into the office to collect my laptop because obviously when I went to the meeting I forgot my laptop didn't I? So I've just popped back and then I will self-isolate. I said, Elaine, so after you've met with these people this morning, you've gone back in the office, you go, yes, I've gone back in your office, I need to get my laptop, to know what we are. This is how serious these people are taking it. This is how serious. This is the same oil person that tells me that she didn't grow up around black people and that she finds it really interesting that where she lives at the moment, that is becoming ethnically diverse. This stupid fool. This arrogant, uh, ignorant, stupid buffoon decided to take herself back into the office. this is this these people are mad shall i talk about the sanitizers that i've gone missing in every corner of the office listen start taking your health seriously and stop putting your health 
in the bosom of managers that don't give a shit about you, okay? And I think you get to a point now where you've got to be practical about how you deal with certain things. And if anything, I think coronavirus has really opened up the conversation about hygiene. It cannot be assumed that people wash every single day or sometimes twice a day. Some people don't even wash. They stand in under the shower and allow the water to slap them, yeah? It cannot be assumed that people wash. The same way that last year they were arguing about whether they wash their legs in the shower. I mean, what what are what is this? Where what are we doing here? You know, you ask them, oh, how do you wash your body? They'll show you the palm of their hand. Never would they use a scrub. Never would they use a sponge. Never would they use a scrunchie. Hygiene is at the front foremost of conversation. And then we talk about how workplaces are responding um, to this. And I I get it. It's one of those unprecedented things that no, no one ever saw coming. Although my conspiracy theory is that the government knew about this back in December. They tried to bury it. And then here we are now with a global pandemic that is fundamentally going to wipe out some people. And it's a scary thought. It's a scary thought that we're sitting here having a conversation knowing full well that Italy have put the entire country on lockdown as has Denmark and London I get it I understand that they have to be strategic about doing certain things but there comes a point where you have to make a decision about yourself and in the same way I have tried to you know discuss and encourage you guys to be more assertive and do it in a professional way it's important that you're assertive about your health in the workplace and more importantly understanding that hygiene it means different things to different people and how they place hygiene. People are still coughing and not putting their hand over their mouth or in their elbow. People are still touching people's hair. People are still coming close when they're talking to people. I don't want to smell what you had for breakfast. Why are you standing near me? How can I be on the DLR and I'm, I'm feeling the man's breath on my neck? I said, excuse me, I can, your breath is on my neck. That means you're too close. Yes, I say it. I open my mouth and be saying and to all my contractors, all my contractors, 6th of April is when IR35 kicks in. It's a really difficult time for contractors. I've previously, in a previous episode, um, touched on IR35 and what it means to us. If I've got any contractors listening to the podcast, I want to say that the market is dire. It's not just you. It's not in your head. It will... I think, do you know what? I consult with a, comp- a couple of companies on IR35, how to respond to it, how to do the assessments, etc., etc., etc. And so far, I've been right about what I thought would happen as a result of IR35. A lot of companies are blanketing people and therefore putting them in scope inside IR35 when they should be outside or because they're ill-prepared, underprepared, and haven't thought it through properly. It's just been easy easier for them to mitigate risk by putting everybody inside IR35 and as a contractor you know that financially it isn't to our advantage to be inside IR35 it's more advantageous to be outside because of tax relief and etc etc we assimilate a lot of risk we have to have our insurances we have to hire an accountant so it's not all plain sailing um, to be a contractor there's a lot of risk that we have to assimilate and things that we have to do as part of being a contractor when you have a specialised skill or when you have a skill that's in need, it has always worked in our favour to be contractors. I've loved being a contractor and I'm not giving up on it. Um, I definitely think that it's not sustainable um, to to, to introduce IR35 in the private sector, but until the market stabilises, contractors are going to find it hard to find contract roles outside of IR35. And as a result, the public sector responded by reducing the rates and obviously 
putting everybody outside rather than continuing the more pragmatic approach and assessing everybody on a case-by-case basis. What I will say is, you know, I don't think that it makes any sense for a contractor to work inside IR35. You don't have employment rights. You are taxed at source. You might as well find a fixed-term contract or a, f- a perm contract and allow the... the, the, the um, the industry to settle or allow the commercial space to settle um before they're making a decision that hopefully the market picks up and making a decision to go back and be a contractor again and work outside ir35 i think if it's a thing about money versus employment rights i'd always say you might as well go perm like i said or a fixed term contract and get your employment rights get your sickness and all your, your your benefits and stuff because you don't get those things when you are um, working inside IR35 under an umbrella company. There are a lot of rogue umbrella companies. Please be careful. You know, I've been part of a lot of um, contractor forums. I've spoken to a lot of contractors. I have a lot of friends who have been contracting for years and I've, you know, had the benefit of their experience and understanding kind of what IR35 means and what it what it means to us as contractors. Um, I would definitely say don't feel pressured just to take any role. I think what contracting has done for me on a personal level, it's made me, number one, grow quite quickly within my industry. Number two, I have a very, very clear perspective of my career in terms of what I will expect and accept from a role. I've decided to take April off, and I think that the coronavirus is forcing people to uh, and contractors to take time off anyway. Um, but I'm taking April off just to focus on my Toy Talk stuff. I've got a lot of things in the pipeline, a lot of things I'm working on. Um, and then I'll make a decision about kind of where I go from here in terms of my contracting and whether I will go perm fixed term contract or maybe I'm lucky and I find a role outside IR35 and can continue to contract. Either way, I keep my business operating and I'm in close discussions with my accountant about a way forward. But I wanted to quickly touch on it because I've had a lot of contractors reach out to me. Um, I do consultation on an individual basis as well as a company basis as well. So I've consulted a couple of contracts um, uh, contractors about their individual situations and giving them advice so I thought that I would use the um, opportunity to speak on it again here on my podcast anyway guys listen this isn't a long one it was it's more about making you guys um, comfortable in having these discussions about hygiene in the workplace you know your workplaces should have always had flipping sanitizer in the bathroom people should be washing their hands people shouldn't be picking up their nose and then tapping on the keyboard i'm not understanding and i'll call out that mess because i'm not here to be infected by somebody who has poor hygiene and therefore then thinks it's okay to rub it off on everybody else in the office all in 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 all in the ignorance of not really understanding that hygiene is not a choice it should be a way of life anyway um guys remember we have a toy talks live 2.0 it's my live event that's coming on saturday the 11th of july 2020 the tickets go live on march 28th which is about well it's two weeks time but by the time this goes up it'll be one week's time make sure you get your tickets it will be an event right i've got a countdown on my social media but it will be live on the 28th saturday the 28th of march at 10 a.m on Eventbrite. Um, Toy Talks Live 2.0 tickets and then the event of course by the grace of God on the 11th of July 2020 I'm really really excited for that Toy Talks you guys are in for a treat and if you guys came to the first Toy Talks Live or you know somebody that went it was a fantastic event it was an opportunity for me to bring what I do on Toy Talks on the podcast and everything else that I do 
on Snapchat to a life stage. There's practical um, skills that I'm teaching. I will be talking about employment contracts. I'll be marking up an employment contract. I'll be dealing with scenarios and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be action packed, um, very interactive. And I'm looking forward to delivering that to you all. Um, if you guys are not following me on my social media, come on, do it. Instagram, Toya underscore Washington, Toya underscore talks, Twitter, Toya underscore W. And of course, you guys can catch me on Snapchat, Toya Washington, all lowercase, all one word. Anyway, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining me. My name has been Toya Washington and you have been listening to the Toya Talks podcast. <laughs>